So the big question is this. How do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that the top agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's real estate environment? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. And now, for the review of the day. Kelly Skevel gave a five-star a review for a Real Estate Rockstars. I started listening to Pat only a few months after getting started in real estate. His podcast motivated me beyond belief and has been instrumental in my success. Thanks, Pat. Five stars. Well, thank you, Kelly. Keep the comments coming, guys. I love them. And remember, I eat feedback for breakfast. So give me a one-star review if you want. Or a five-star review if you want. I don't care. And the more reviews we get, the better guests we get. So please, subscribe first and then leave us a review or wherever you're listening. Welcome, Rockstar Nation. Thanks for tuning into the State of the Market Podcast with your host, Pat Hyben and Kevin Kaufman. All right, Rockstar Nation, we got some serious news today. I am here with my wonderful co-host, Mr. Kevin Coffin. Kevin, what is going on? Let's get on some state of the market uh, news. How are you? Pretty good, Pat. I'm having a great week already. And man, lots of news going on today, this week. And my sense is that there's probably going to be a few more stories breaking over the, over the next few days. There's that summit going on in California with all the executives from all the major players in the industry. I think it's called like the T360 or, or something like that. And man, it's already been a, it's been a crazy news week since you and I last spoke. So I'm excited to chat today. You and I have got a few things to talk about. And let's get down to some nitty gritty here. First of all, some bad news. It seems that it would have seen from the headlines for your company, EXP Real Estate. First of all, now, talk to me about this. It says that uh, um, you guys can't keep ahead there. You can't keep ahead <laughs> of the company. Uh, executive level positions, three executives have, have defected, let's say, in the last six months. What do you know about that? Yeah, you know, it's funny. So what brought about the story was the departure of Scott Petronas, the, who was the CTO. And uh, Scott's a good guy. I got to meet him a few times, spend a little bit of time with him, really smart he uh, led us on a couple acquisitions in the technology space late last year. Really good guy. And it sounds to me like Scott got a great opportunity in his eyes that he couldn't turn down with Redify, which is, which is about to be uh, another flat fee brokerage that goes public here any minute. But, you know, I think the you know, like most headlines, it's a bit sensational. You know, a couple of the other executive departures were, how shall I say, I would say that they were they, that that it was something where it benefited all parties, and it was something where it was a natural time to move on. I think when a company has skyrocketed in growth the way EXP has over the last couple of years, I mean, the last two years and three months they've gone from twenty five hundred agents to north of eighteen thousand. That's a that's a big number. That's a big jump, and that requires a high level of leadership and and sometimes some change. And 
There were some folks, I think, maybe that, you know, decided to move on because the positions and responsibilities and, and roles had started to change a little bit. So definitely sad to see Scott go. He's a smart guy. He's going to probably do great things at this company, at his new company. And it sounds to me like he got a really great opportunity. So, you know, hats off to him. I can't hate him for that. Yeah, you know, what I see with a lot of these companies, you know, because you and I have talked about CEOs and that sort of thing flipping like crazy over the last 12 months. <laughs> a lot of the companies, EXP included, tend to, you know, bring up people that have been in the business, in the game, and put them into executive roles. Unlike other more corporate type companies in the real estate game, and I mean corporate by the fact that their CEOs are well, they're, they're CEOs of other corporations first, and then they become CEOs of a real estate company. Like, you know, you got Century 21 and Remax that, ha- that have done that. So do you think that's part of the problem is that you guys keep putting in these agents, so to speak? And you're like, one, one of these people, it's, it says, the article says they basically she went back to selling houses. You know, I can't, I can't comment on whether or not she went back to selling houses. My assumption is, though, that you're, you're probably onto something there. I know that's been part of the problem at KW as well. You know, listen, it's great to promote from within. And if there's, I've gotten to know Glenn, the founder of EXP, and I know Gary Keller very well. And they, they both believe in promoting from within when, whenever possible. All of the business reviews, Harvard business classes, they all say to do that whenever possible. The, the results are there. However, I think sometimes in our industry, we've, we got some really great minds in our industry. And then we've also got some people that, you know, like maybe growing, growing into that type of position is, is difficult for some people. I think some people are meant to be executives and maybe some aren't, or some, I shouldn't say meant to be, are learned or trained how to be in some aren't. I look at myself as an example. Like I, I like to make fun of myself. Like, listen, I can never be the president of the United States because I'd probably act like the current one and not, you know, I don't mean that from a political standpoint, but I mean, like, I've, you'd have to take away my Twitter account, right? Or if I, if I ever hit it big, and I get to buy a professional sports team, I'm going to be like Mark Cuban, I'm going to be the guy <laughs> on the sidelines. And I'm going to be getting fined by the NBA or the NFL or the Major League Baseball every other week because of the, my behavior and my, my uh, wanting to speak out and act like a fan and a player and mm. an agent and someone down on the ground floor. And I think that when we start talking about these publicly traded companies or just these big corporations, because KW is not public yet, when we start talking about that, I think there's just this different level of leadership and it's a different skill set. I'm not saying it's better or, or worse or anything like that. I'm just saying it's different and that I think that's something that we have to account for. And I think many of these founders don't want to because they really believe in promoting from within. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. I think you're right. Uh, I think you're right on. I mean, I, I'm the same way. You know, I would never want a corporate job. I mean, I, you know, I tried once and, and it failed miserably. And, and, you know, it's just, we're just not cut from that thread. And I think that if you really are a corporate guy or girl, you're going to do great. You know, you're going to, you know, to some level. Now, will you gain the respect of the agents? I, it's, it's, a, it's a lot harder in, unless you understand the hell out of the business. You know, I've talked to some CEOs of other companies recently that, that have gotten into the real estate space. Like they were at a different space before they got into the real estate space and they didn't like they didn't get it they didn't understand it you know they were saying things to me that that I'm like duh and um so uh, you got to have the respect of the people 
And you've got to have the ability to be a quote unquote corporate guy. Yeah. And that's, and that's tough. And yeah, that really is tough to be able to cross over. That's like saying you've got to be able to be, you know, a great, if you're a basketball fan, a great ball handler and a great, you know, perimeter defender or something like that. You know, you just don't see somebody uh, oftentimes with like these multiple skill sets that go across vastly different things. And I, I just think that's what it is. And, you know, I, I'll tell you, one of the things that I was impressed with when I went to, I met with the leaders at NRT and Realogy a few years ago. And there is a, they had, I noticed that they had a great mix of both. I'm going to call them real estate people and I'll, I'll call them executives as well. And I thought that they, they've got a really good group going there. And I'm sure that's something that they've learned over time that you just can't have one and not the other because because guys like you and me on the ground floor, right? We've sold a lot of houses. I can see right through you if you don't understand real estate. And yet at the same time, understanding how Wall Street works and how a corporation with 20,000, 50,000, 100,000, maybe even 200,000 associates works, it's a, that's different. Yeah, no, I agree wholeheartedly. So, and, and that leads me to this next one. Hey, and I, I hate to keep bashing it this morning, but listen, so, you know, which says here in California, you know, the, the board of realtors are all hell bent out of shape. You know, agents are, are you, you know, complaining to the board that, uh, that, well, there's quite a few violations. The the person at the board or, or somebody that was quoted as saying that uh, this is the worst she's ever seen it from any company in history, how many violations the EXP contingency has there. Talk to me about this. 72 violations to be exact, at least as of the other day. Um, you know, I, I got to laugh at this one, man. EXP has been operating in California for like 10 years now. There's almost 2,000 agents in California at EXP. And they're, I mean, they're talking about stuff on social media. I just took down one of my Facebook pages for, because I was like, I think that I'm actually technically breaking the rules right now because the way it says, like, there's a very specific way they want it said. Now, I'm not saying that these aren't rules for a good reason. They're all there. But the one thing I would say is that it feels, I'm just going to say it, it feels like a little bit of a witch hunt. It's kind of ridiculous. My guess and I'm not going to do this, but my guess is if I go look at, I don't know, I'll just you know randomly pick 25 of my agent friends' Facebook pages and websites around the state in California at all different brokerages, I bet you I'd find no less than 20 violations of that stuff they're talking about. I mean, I mean, this is stuff you know I've been in trouble for before here in Arizona with just silly stuff like you just don't. Sometimes you just don't even realize you're doing something wrong because you wrote the brokerage wrong name incorrectly like when i was at keller williams i thought saying keller williams was enough and it's not you have to say keller williams you know in that case kw phoenix because that was the name of the actual brokerage not just the franchise name and so there there's these little things i think that maybe agents don't understand and the what i what i what i'm pleased about though as an exp agent is i saw our co-president stacy onan and dave Kinord step up come out right away and say guys like we have, to, we have to tackle this. Yes, it might sound silly, and this is a very serious thing. We've got, to, we've got to make sure everything goes through compliance, gets approved before you start printing business cards, putting out Facebook pages, putting out websites, et cetera. So they're taking it very seriously, but I'll tell you, like, just me personally as an agent of the company, I'm kind of laughing at it because it sounds like somebody, you know, maybe 
maybe wanted this to happen. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. And 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 uh, Canord is right. You know, he's a sharp guy. You know, you know, you got to get it under control cuz it's it's not worth the hassle. I I can remember I had to buy $5,000 worth of new signs because I had Pat Hyben Real Estate Group on it and the the freaking Maryland Association of Realtors said you weren't allowed to have the word real estate in your team name, which, you know, quite frankly is asinine in my opinion, just like your opinion. And, but, but I did it, like Knord said, you got to do it, right? Or they're just going to be relentless. So you got to do it. You can't fight City Hall. So anyway, so, so I did it. Cost me five grand, but I'm still perturbed about it. And that was like freaking 12 years ago. So anyways. <laughs> I feel your pain, man. I wrote a check for five grand to avoid having to defend myself. And just because it's just ridiculous. You know, we, we had to go change a sub, go change something on like, a thousand videos that were online and we did, I literally had to change the name of my LLC because the state deemed that it was misleading to the public. Although the whole point of naming the LLC, the way we named it was so it wouldn't be misleading. So it would be very clear what it was, but you know, the state sees things differently and we got to play by their rules for the time being. And dude, speaking of rules and lawsuits and whatnot, did you see NAR? You see this thing on NAR about, Finally, finally responding about these lawsuits and, I guess, quote-unquote, fighting back. Yeah, finally, right? I mean, they, it took them forever. They probably had to get about 12 lawyers to draft up this document. And, and in the <laughs> meantime, the secretary, the poor secretary, they probably had a million questions being called in and emailed for the last month. But, yeah, it's fascinating, dude. It's like you could definitely tell that a strong a lawyer or someone wrote this, right? Because it says... You know, I mean, there's, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven questions. It's like a Q&A. And it says, you know, I'm looking at a copy of it now from NAR. And it says, uh, it says like, is it okay to discuss the lawsuit with my clients? Absolutely, period. And then there's another question. And it's like, this is one I want to talk about. It says, do brokers try to keep their commission arrangements a secret from the home seller and the home buyer to better conspire to keep fees artificially high and then the answer and then the answer is absolutely not period and then it goes on and i'm not going to read the whole thing but a lot of the 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 answers are like very strong and absolutely no you know so uh, of course right i mean they're responding to a lawsuit you know yeah, they've got a what's the what's my favorite word? Vehemently deny the allegations, <laughs> right? Uh, so vehemently, a, I love that. They got a, that's anytime a, lawyer, anytime a lawyer or spokesperson says that, I'm like, oh, he's guilty. That guy did it, you know. But you know, the thing is, this is serious stuff, and I think it's sign of the times. Like, you know, you and I have talked about so many of these tech companies over over the last five months that we've been doing the show, Pat and all of the disruption that's going on in the space. And, and truthfully, I see this lawsuit as kind of part of that. It's driven by consumer behavior. Now, I'm not saying that the lawsuit's frivolous. I'm not saying that it's valid because truthfully, I don't, who knows why the person filed the lawsuit. What I do think we could do a better job of as realtors is worrying about our fiduciary responsibility instead of our pocketbooks. Now, that's not to say that we're doing something wrong as a whole and that we're trying to artificially keep prices high. I'm not saying that. I don't believe that at all. I think most realtors are 
are innately really good people who do have a heart of service and not everybody is that way. And I think if we would just put our focus more on the consumer and their experience and less on protecting what we feel we have the right to, especially when it comes to our fees, I think we probably, you know, could maybe understand this stuff a little bit more and, and maybe even avoid some of it. Yeah, the more I read into this, the, the more interesting it gets. And I, I think there's no question about the, the, do, do companies, do agents, do brokers have the right to protect their fees? Yes, right? Unequivocally, yes. But, right, the consumer also has the right to know what everybody else's fees are, right? And herein lies the rub. And this is very interesting, right? There's a couple of uh, states, right? Let's see, Missouri. I don't know, two states, let's say Missouri and Iowa, I think, basically that basically don't allow, right, a buyer broker to pay an agent, to, an agent to pay uh, a buyer back, right? Let's say a co-op is 3% and the agent wants to give 2% back, just like, you know, a lot of these companies do. There's a couple of states that won't allow that, right? And so then you got a question is, well, why is this, why does the state care? You know, why does the state give a shit? And the reason why the state gives a shit is because the, the associations have lobbied the state to give a crap. Otherwise, it would be in the best interest of the consumer if an agent gave them a kickback, right? How could that not benefit the consumer? Totally. You know, I, I think there's probably because there's gray area no matter what side of that you're on. But I also look at like Iowa Man, that's the state where 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 the where it was the Berkshire brokerages would pay their co-op fee to any other real estate brokerage except for Keller Williams. As Keller Williams was coming in there because they were starting to kick some ass, and they were paying a one dollar co-op to KW agents and a full call it three percent, two and a half percent, whatever yeah. it was, to any other agent at any other brokerage. And so you know. I think that sometimes you just have states. My guess is this is the same with most. Well, the, laws. Key, the key was the key was like uh, at the end of the day, did you know that was something that the seller probably was not aware of, right? Because that served totally. that served the company that was doing that, right? It was, yeah, it was they were pissed off. That was vengeance, and it served that company. But it, did it serve the seller? Hell no, it didn't serve the. That's seller. That's my whole point. Is it that was about. An agent, in that case, a whole brokerage who decided that their needs were more important than their clients, yes. than the consumer. Yeah. And that's never okay. Like that never leads to good things. And so uh, that's what I just mean as an industry, man. We gotta, we've got to stop thinking me, 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 and how much can I get and how much of mine can I protect? And what can we do for our consumers? I think when we do that, at that like, because if you don't want to think that way, then be unlicensed and just be a be an investor because yeah. then you don't have any liability. And but if, if and, no, but if you want to be commissioned salesperson, well, there's state rules and regulations we all got to follow, and it comes down to putting a fiduciary responsibility ahead of ahead of your own. And what this lawsuit says essentially is that if the real estate commission were decoupled, which means decoupled, which means a buyer pays a buyer fee and a seller pays a seller fee. They're not connected, right? They're not coupled together, right? If they're decoupled, is it best for the consumer? And then what they go on to say is 
they went and did a survey in the United Kingdom and like five other countries that have competitive real estate markets, right? And they found that in these other countries, the commissions are decoupled. And then they looked at what is the average commission in a decoupled real estate sales universe. Now, let me ask you, what do you think it is? Average commission per average commission. Let's say the average commission in, in the, I'm just making this up. I think it's 2.65, but let's say it's something like that, right? If it, whatever it is, it's 265, I think I read according to stat. So let's say uh, the average in the United States is that, right? What do you think it is in some of these other countries that have right. decoupled their commission where the buyer pays the buyer and the seller pays the seller? Probably close to 1.5. Exactly. Is it? Yeah, it is. And so what they're saying is, hey, you know, that's a true market, right? That's what a buyer's actually willing to pay. And, and these countries have proven it. So by, by not allowing the decoupling of the commission, you guys have, have kept it higher than where it should be. And, that, and that there's another interesting thing that was fascinating to me. It said when you, and, and this is how they say the whole thing's a conspiracy because the, 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 the MLSs are involved in this. And this is what they say. say. Let's say, Kevin, let's say you sell a house, right? And you MLS it for 300 grand, right? And it sells for full price and the, and the seller gives the buyer 10 grand back in commission. When you're running comps, can you find that on there as an agent? No. No, ten, no. I'm sorry, 10 grand back in closing costs. I can find it in our MLS in Phoenix. Yeah. I don't know about everywhere else. Yeah, you can. You says, okay, it sold for full price. Seller concession was 10 grand, right? Yep. So if, let's say, I sell a house in Phoenix and you offer me a co-op, right? And I sell for 300000 The seller pays 10000 back in closing costs. But also, the agent kicks back half of the commission to the buyer. Do you know about that? No. Do you know about that in the MLS? Can you see that in the comps? No. Nope. Can a consumer see in the comps nope. that other people, that other buyers are getting a better deal because they're getting part of the commission back? Nope. So it's sort of like, you know, it's sort of like having the prices of gas go down and then, and, and then the, whether it's the board or the MLS or, uh, of gas stations say you're not allowed to advertise. You're not allowed to tell people the prices are going down. Does this make sense? Yeah, no, I, hear, I totally hear what you're saying. You know, it's the way, that's the way commercial real estate works in often cases is the buyer pays their representative and the, the seller pays their, their listing representative. You know, they're supposed to change the co-op. Like technically, they would, you would be able to look at the co-op and say, oh, this sold for 300000 with ten grand back and the co-op was changed to 1.5% because you know, it was a Redfin agent. The Redfin agent kicked back the buyer 1%. Does this make sense? It needs to be, it needs to be documented. We need more transparency. Transparency. Yeah. It's kind of like when you, like when <laughs> I just put on an event at a hotel in Las Vegas and to say that they were not transparent would be an understatement, right? Like triple taxation. What do you mean? What do you mean? Tell me. About I mean, that. I, what I mean is, they tell you it's one thing and like they show you estimates in one format and then the final bill is in a totally different format. And I think that most people just accept it. Like we really, like we were on the phone with the general manager because they didn't, they overcharged us by thousands, Pat, by thousands, not, not by $10 or, or, or $200, but by thousands. And 
you know, what we found, well, I can't help but wonder is like, how many people just pay it? Like it's the corporate card. So they're just running it and paying for the event and signing off on it. Cause it's not really their money, but it's like, it, it was, it was the definition of not being transparent with your clients and customers. Or I think about all the different fees you have when you rent a car or some of these other things where it's not really transparent. What we pay as consumers and the minute things become transparent, all of a sudden as consumers, we have more information and we're able to make better decisions, right? And it forces the, the producer of the goods or the producer of the services to kind of up their game. I'll tell you, as, a, as someone who considers themselves a professional and a business owner in the real estate world, I, that doesn't, decoupling doesn't scare me. I think that it scares probably NAR and all, and all of the associations because that means we would have fewer people who could afford to make it because at that point your skill level's got to go up on the buy side. You can't, you can no longer be like, well, you don't even have to pay me, right? It's now it's about, I'm going to have to win your business as a buyer and, and as a seller. And then on the listing side, we're going to have to prove to our clients that we have the ability to actually sell their house, not just put it in the MLS. And I think that would force us all to up our game. The problem is NAR and all of the associations are membership based businesses. So, you know, there's 1.2 million realtors or whatever right now. And if that number goes to 400,000, that's not good for NAR. Yeah, it's fascinating. That's a good point that you said, you know, it forces listing agents to prove that they have to sell the house. Because right now, you know, all listing agents, you know, their goal is you go in there, right? You, you do a sales pitch and why you're better than the other listing agent. And then you put in MLS and it's probably 95% chance it's going to sell from the MLS regardless of who the damn agent was, right? So um, now you'd really have to prove it. Yeah. <laughs> right now, now you couldn't just get lucky. You actually, and you know what this would do? Gosh, I had not thought about it like this. What would that do to the price of a pay-per-click lead on your IDX website, right? Because all of a sudden those become infinitely more valuable. Yeah, you'd have to show. You'd have to show, look, my properties get five clicks a day or 500 clicks a day. Yeah, it's it, man, it's a, it'd be a different ballgame. So, you know, I I think this is probably going to take a long time to play out. I think that NAR is absolutely going to do everything that they can to protect their members as they should. And I'm curious what's going to happen. I'm really curious what will happen, whether this lawsuit goes away or actually is, is, or if we as realtors lose it or, or win it, I think what's the next step, like what's the next domino in this story to fall is going to be really curious in the next couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. And are, are the agents transparent? You know, here it's, it all goes back to, they say transparency. And, and, you know, I think in one of their big parts of this case is that agents are not transparent yeah that you sign a document one of 50 that you sign when you list a house it says hey there's the commission and here's how it's split but they just the, the sellers don't know any better you know what i mean i mean it's almost like you need to be a 10 minute conversation with them about if you want to be truly transparent it needs to be i realize it may sell for less of a co-op yes no you know what i mean i realize it may sell you know You know, anyways, we could go on and on, but this is this is good stuff. So let's keep talking about transparency. There was a fascinating thing. Usually, our you know articles are coming from Housing Wire, from you know MS News, from Inman. 
and and uh, today we got one from uh, Vanity Fair, and it's about something that and and you know these guys were on my show, the Jills. They came on my show, you know, way long time ago in the first one hundred. Great ladies, you know they they had they were they were just huge, massive. I was like freaking twelve page long articles, like a short form story in Vanity Fair. Talk to me about that, dude. This blew my mind. First of all, I, I like hats off to whoever's in charge of their publicity. Like, they, <laughs> like this real estate team, these amazing ladies, they got publicized in Vanity Fair. Okay, like a like a non real estate, non business magazine. That's awesome. So as a as an advertising guy, as an advertising junkie, man. I love that. I want an autograph from them. It'll, so, never, it'll never stop showing up in their Google search. That's for sure. Oh, totally. Like that's got so much juice for them. So good for them. You know, really interesting stuff. Like this guy, this, this, uh, was it, is it Kevin Tomlinson? Is that his name? Yeah. Um, who he's got all these charges and potentially facing up to like 30 years in jail for trying to extort them for harassing them and just really going overboard. And this all started because he, he disagreed, I guess, with some of their practices with, with, and they're of course claiming they didn't know that they did it with the way they entered stuff into the MLS and essentially tried to, you know what? It's almost like they were trying to behave as if there wasn't a co-op, right? Uh, because they, because they were trying to sell their, li- their listings themselves. At yeah. least that's how we made it sound. Um, well, what they were, what they were doing, let me dumb this down real quick and then you could, you, you can talk about him and stuff, but the, the, what they did and they, they admitted it, right? So this was, this was a hundred percent, by the way, wrong. Just because this guy's getting ready to go to jail doesn't mean that he's the only one wrong here. Um, you know, he was unequivocally wrong and he was wrong in a criminal manner. Now what they did is not criminal, but it's, it's a little dirty. And I'll tell you what they did. So what they did is, so let's say they had a listing that's been on the market 180 days or 350 days. And, you know, it, no one was looking at it because it was freaking $3 million and been on the market two years. And people are like, well, what's wrong with it? So what they did is they took it out of MLS. But before they took it out of MLS, they, they put spaces and dashes between all the letters. So if it was Bayview Drive, it would be B-A-Y-V space space A space 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 view V space I dash dash E. You know what I mean? Like, so you first of all, so you'd never be able to find it again. And the second of all, so they would re-enter it as Bayview Drive, you know, off two words, and it would show up as zero days on the market. And it ended up they did this, you know, this dude Kevin you know, clearly, you know, is, is a little OCD, right? He, he got, he got on the computer one night and he just started looking. He found like 522 instances of this happening. And another thing that they did in, in doing these same tricks is they, you know, would put listings on the market that were brand new that they spaced out the, the views too, they spaced out the words too, so other agents couldn't find them. And so when agents were trying to find, they would drive past a house and they would, you know, type in umpty ump street, it wouldn't show up on the searches because they put all these spaces and dashes and stuff in it. And then agents, uh, you know, buyers would get frustrated because agents say, I can't find it, it must be sold or it's not on the market, I can't find it. And they're like, are you sure? I'm sitting in front of it. And they're like, yeah, I'm sure. 
And then they would call the Jills direct and the Jills go, oh yeah, I can get you into that. And then they double dip the commission. And this evidently, you know, I don't know if it was proven, but um, there was a board of realtors complaint filed where they basically accepted guilt and came clean and were like, we're sorry, we did this. Yes, we did it. And um, we'll never do it again. Sorry. But evidently this dude wouldn't let it go. And he became like the, I just finished watching, what's that movie on Netflix about the, uh, about Versace? Did you see that? Oh, I haven't seen that one. I know what, uh, I know what you're talking he about. He became though. obsessed like the guy uh, stalking Versace. So go ahead, I'll let you finish. Yeah, you know, well, what's funny is right or wrong, you know, obviously they admitted to it, but not only did they evade any sort of like getting into trouble or anything legal, they obviously they turned the tables on him and he's now a defendant, like literally facing up to 30 years in prison. Uh, one of the Jills, I think, was quoted as saying in that article is uh, that he had plotted this for months and literally made this part of his business plan. <laughs> and what, what, he, what he's talking about is he, he extorted them. So, yeah. he, so what he did is, first of all, the, a normal – how many pages, Kevin, do you think – if someone wants to complain to you, let's take these California EXPs going back to that. If someone wants to file a, a complaint in the Board of Realtors, how many pages do you think the complaint – is probably on something that someone did. Gosh, that is a good question, and I've never looked at that page. Less than less page or two. Okay, so this dude's complaint was five hundred pages. Good God! <laughs> so he did a five hundred page complaint to the Association of Realtors, and and it, he was pushing it. And it was making a big deal, and it was like ruining their freaking you know Google searches, right? Because all this stuff was out there. So evidently he like showed up unannounced to one of the Jills's house and told her basically that if he got $250,000 out of her cash and 250000 out of the other Jill uh, for 500000 total, he would drop it. And then, he, and then they went to the FBI <laughs> and they were like, hey, you know, this is extortion. They probably yeah. called the lawyer, and the lawyer was like, no, 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 time for you to turn the tables now, right? You know, and so they turned the tables, and then the judge found him guilty of this, and it's been, you know, a, a long process, and, and so then he, he got guilty, and they gave him, you know, like a massive extended probation, and then, you know, he decides to go out and continue talking about it and posted a bunch of Facebook posts of him. Oh, oh by the way, his, his – um, sentence was house arrest That's so he's post, posting on facebook and and leaving the house and doing a bunch of stuff and then so then they threw him back in jail like dude really yeah this dude's got some problems there's no doubt about it and uh i guess i'll end my my last comment on this like i love this was the this was the quote that just jumped off the page at me in this article which was real estate is not such a ladylike business said one of the jills there's lions and tigers and bears out there and you know i think that goes to Really, all of the things in businesses, yeah, there, there are some people out there that are doing some not-so-cool things and not-so-nice not things. And unfortunately, some of us, you know, all of us have to deal with that, you know, whether that be reputation or because in this case where the Jills are the, are the you know, are the, the target of it, that sucks. Um, it really sucks for them. I feel bad for them. And, you know, I really feel bad for that guy, Kevin. Like, he needs some help. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. You know, it's very, very interesting. So anyways, uh, nice to get the real estate community or what do you say? Occupation or, uh, you know, written up in Vanity Fair, giving us some, <laughs> like you said, give, giving us some free publicity. So, all right, Kevin, well, this has been fun, buddy. I think that's it for this week. You got anything else? Well, no, nah, brother. I think that's it. I'm excited. Uh, for what's going to come down, I, I, I will one little tiny thing. I heard, I heard that. Yeah. I don't know if it's true yet. I heard Purple Bricks is exiting Australia, and uh, rumblings are will they be exiting the U.S. next? Uh, uh, hopefully, by the time state of the market goes on uh, next week. Well, they just out of money. Is it just? It's just not. I guess why you why you exit any market is just because it's not working. I think that's the case, right? Is you just realize like, hey, this business plan just doesn't work here. But but at the same time, you know that Redify or or or, or Redify, Redify thing is the same thing as Purple Bricks, isn't it? Thirty five hundred dollar listing fee. Sure is. Maybe they got some different mm-hmm. technology. Who knows? Yeah. Well, fascinating. I mean, you know, it's before it's time. But you know, somebody, you know, and again, every, everything we talk about is like intermingled somehow. But you know, if the real estate commissions are decoupled, I mean, stuff like that could be more popular. And someone might be positioned well if that were to ever happen. But if it doesn't ever happen, I think it's just it's just extremely hard uh, because people don't think that way. You know what I mean? They think that the you know they right now. I think most consumers want the whole package. They want the listing agent and the buyer agent, and they yep. you know they want them strong. Yep. So we'll see. We'll keep our, our eyes on that, and uh, that's that's all I got for this week. All right, so, buddy. Yeah. So next week I got. Yeah, next week you got Dave Falk from Hello Alex, CEO of Hello Alex is going to be here. I'm going to be in Seattle, so you guys will knock it dead for the hearing that on my vacation. Right on. I'm looking forward to uh, to chatting with him as well. And enjoy your vacation, buddy. And I'll see you in two weeks. All right, guys. And if you want to respond to this, go to Next Level Agents on Facebook. Next Level Agents on Facebook, or just take us a watch on YouTube at uh, Real Estate Rock Stars or Pat Hyben on YouTube and uh, make a comment there. Talk to you guys later. Thanks, Kevin. Later, guys. Thanks for tuning into the State of the Market Podcast with your host, Pat Hyben and Kevin Kaufman. Thank you so much for listening to the State of the Market. If you have any news you would like us to cover, please... Go to Next Level Agents on Facebook or send an email to info at rebusuniversity.com. That's info at rebusuniversity, R-E-B-U-S, university.com, and we'll be sure to bring it up. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.